there's a million social media aspects like ad spend. I could throw my money at this. I could do this. Like what is actually going to give me good return on my investment, whether yeah. that's my time or my money. Um, and I think it's just going down to the level of, especially from head coaches, owners, things like that. Like you're sitting down with your clients every single day. You're having those conversations. You hear on a day-to-day basis, like what their pain points are. Take that conversation and take it to your online platforms and have that discussion. So you have a passion for fitness and the desire to start your own business. But launching a massively successful fitness business is extremely complex. The systems, operations, hiring, firing, coaching, sales, and marketing are critical to success. Where do you even start? This show will give you the answers. Here is Pedros Koulian and Bryce Henson, your hosts of the Fitness Franchise Podcast, a show dedicated to helping fitness entrepreneurs launch and grow successful gyms. And today we have another incredible episode as we have a good friend in the studio who's also a digital marketing consultant who specializes in the health and fitness industry. She's helped multiple gyms double their revenue, launch new locations, and increase their online presence. But most importantly, she has watched thousands of people transform their lives, which is her biggest shining moment. She's also a franchising expert as well as a marketing expert. Lauren Nine, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here and kind of share some of my tips and marketing ideas. Well, your, I guess, area of expertise is so valuable. We were talking about this earlier today offline about pretty much every company in the world needs marketing. Mm -hmm. So um, certainly we're going to deliver a lot of value and basically extract as much knowledge as possible if that works for you. Of course. Awesome. Awesome. So before we kind of get into the meat and potatoes in terms of, you know, your awesome career in terms of marketing specialist now working for the Fit Body Bootcamp brand, um, kind of what's your backstory? How did it all get started? Yeah, so um, I grew up as an athlete. I played basketball for super long time, soccer, very competitive, high level. Um, Then I turned around and became a dancer, did that professionally for a while, and then I went to school and college, um, and I knew within me, I've always been interested in human psychology. That's always been super fascinating to me. Oh, yeah. um, but I didn't want to go the super clinical route, so Why? I decided um, I just have never been keen on that environment and I think um, for me I, I've always had somewhat of a creative side and okay. I think it's, it was just not the specific environment that I wanted to spend the rest of my career in um, but I've been interested in it's something one of those you know those random things that you're just like you'll dive into on a random day and you're like researching all these topics and you're like we've somehow found out how the brain works um, but yeah so went to college and decided I'm gonna kind of na- navigate myself into marketing because it was kind of the perfect collection of creative um, tapping into consumer behavior psychology but also as a business function so mm-hmm. helping businesses increase their revenue but also get more clients get more leads things like that so yeah. um, while I was in college I wasn't playing sports anymore kind of had my whole journey of they call it the freshman 15, but you, you know, you're not as active anymore. So I got really into fitness at the time because I was like, I know what it takes to be in shape. I know um, proper nutrition just from my background. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, if we're going to, we're going to learn this more of a gym life instead of the traditional sports route. So awesome. started getting really into that. Was one of those people that was in the gym constantly, just to, super on top of that. And towards the end of my college career was like, okay, I love this marketing thing. I love this fitness thing can this be a career? Can we match those? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, for the longest time, I was looking, you know, more in the corporate world. I'm like, I see myself doing marketing, but like all these companies, no one's really speaking to me. So randomly, and I think, um, I don't even remember how I found it specifically, but I had found a job posting for a local gym near me. I was living in Chino Hills at the time, which is where um, Fit Body HQ is. Southern California. Yeah, and um, there was a gym a city away from me that had posted something for like a social media intern. And I was like, a gym? Marketing? Sounds like something I could 
do. And this is still while you're in college? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. so I was still in college. I think I had about a year left, so probably my junior okay. of college. And I had had other marketing internships. I'd worked with like nonprofits and things like that. Everything I loved, the job function, but wasn't necessarily finding my path in terms of like my passions. Um, so I saw that posting, was like, hey, let's, let's try it out. Like, sounds like a cool environment. I get to be in the gym all day. Like, love that already. Yep. Um, and, you know, applied there and ended up showing up. And it was just like a perfect fit. And the nice thing I think about this internship was the company at the time was, you know, a newer gym. Like, it wasn't near a big box gym. It was a newer studio boot camp style gym. Okay. And they were looking for interns because they couldn't afford to, like, bring on a full staff member, hire a consultant, do anything major. They just needed someone. They knew they needed marketing. They knew so they needed someone to help. But they didn't have, like, the full staffing and the full cost to be able to do that. Yep. So when I came in, they're basically very grassroots. Like, we're at the beginning stages. We know we need social media. We know we need marketing. We know very little about it. You're a college student. You're kind of in, you know, the early workings. Like, mm -hmm. let's do something together. And that's kind of how I ended up in the industry. And from there, it was kind of like one after the other, kind of building on my, you know, chain of skill set. And... The rest is history. <laughs> That's how you got it started. Very interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, well, cool. There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. So kind of diving in now. So you kind of laid the background, like you were interested in human psychology, but, you mm -hmm. know, due to creative perspective, like yeah. one marketing, which marketing is like a study of human psychology, mm -hmm. I feel, right? Oh, yeah, totally. Um, so you, 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 then you bl blended that with your athletic background. Mm -hmm. So now you kind of wind up at, at the gym, um, you know, and quote unquote, the rest is history. But like, yeah. talk about that experience. Like, you know, what were you doing from a social media perspective? Um, what worked? What didn't? Mm -hmm. What did you have sex? with, what would you say was like the biggest challenge of that first like internship as it parlayed into your career? Yeah. So I think especially from a coming from a college background, you learned theory, you learn like the basic, like you need social media, you need all these things, but like putting things into practice is way different as we, I'm sure we all know. So, um, it was very much learning the basics of what, like what clients are we looking for and how do we talk to them? How do we speak to them? How do we reach out to them? And at the time, again, I'm coming in super fresh. I like fitness. I like marketing, but like, what is, how do we get from A to B? How do we get from, you know, someone being introduced to the gym to becoming a client? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of my first introduction to like the whole process of leads, what we call people that are, you know, expressing interest in your business. And it was kind of from that point, figuring out what social media that our clients were interested in. So what was entertaining to them, what was kind of grabbing their attention and what was showcasing our gym in a way that's different than what's in the local, you know, environment. Yep. And especially here in Southern California and in the city that I was specifically working in at the time, there was a gym on every single corner. Southern California <laughs> yeah. has its fair share yeah. fitness. So a very, very saturated market. So it was kind of like, how do we differentiate ourselves? And then once we have differentiated ourselves, how do we get our client in the door and then actually sell them from that point forward. Mm -hmm. So I think it was a lot of just testing and trial and, you know, figuring out what really works in, you know, this environment. But um, from that beginning stage, it was very much like grassroots. Like I know theory, I yeah. don't know function and, you know, testing, A-B testing from there. So how did you learn in the sense of like, I know you talk A-B testing, but yeah. from a guidance perspective, mm -hmm. from an education perspective, and I say this, I've, you know, having decades of years of experience coaching many, you know, different gym owners, um, some great, some not so great, right? Mm -hmm. And everything in between. And my probably observation being very objective would just be the standard gym owner is not that strong at marketing, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, you interject yourself when you're a college intern or yeah. intern in college, yeah. and you're kind of like cutting your, you know, teeth on all this, but like, how did you learn? Where, where did you, you know, look to, to basically yeah. acquire the knowledge? Yeah. So I think, um, 
at first when I came in, it was always just, you know, you think high level branding. And that's something we do more here from, you know, HQ standpoint, but from a local level gym, like you're not necessarily trying to build a worldwide brand from the get go. Mm -hmm. And I think when you think of marketing, especially in the fitness space, you think of like, I want my name everywhere. I want everyone to know that we're about this. Yep. But when it comes down to the nitty gritty, like who are your clients? Well, when you're in a local environment, you understand that your clients are not going to drive more than 10 miles, generally speaking, if it, if not less. That's a stretch, yeah, too. Yeah, exactly, right? to come to your gym. So you're really only speaking to your city and the small surrounding cities. So your all your content needs to be tailored to your specific clientele. Fitbody, we always call her Mrs. Jones, but, you know, any gym kind of will vary. Like, who is your client and how do you speak to them based on even just your local environment? Because three cities over could be a different, totally different person. Totally. So. So basically, like really identifying who the dream client was, mm -hmm. the client avatar, as we say in yeah. marketing, um, and then really, you know, finding out what they like, what they don't like, mm -hmm. and then really, you know, marketing from that perspective. Mm -hmm. There's a, that just kind of uh, popped a, an idea or a thought in my head. There's a book, Traffic Secrets by Russell Brunson. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've yeah. read that. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the first tra chapters is actually about creating a dream hunt, run hundred list. It's mm -hmm. like, for, well, actually the first one, the first chapter is figure out who your dream client is. Yeah. And then from there, you know, figure out who is also servicing the client. So that way you can kind of tap into those marketing streams. Mm -hmm. But I just think that, that that's brilliant that at a young age, you figure that out. Because yeah. I really, truth be told, it didn't really dawn on me until about six, seven years ago yeah. after a couple of years in the gym business. So mm -hmm. hats off. Yeah, thank you. And I think the, kind of going off of that too is you're kind of learning as you're seeing clients come in the door. And I had the luxury, especially on that level, to like watching every sales consultation happen, watching the client interaction with the trainer. Like I was very cued into every conversation. Yep. Um, so I was learning really quickly, like, okay, what are the pain points of our current market? Like who, you know, what are their issues in terms of fitness and health and how can we address them right away without it sounding like a broad thing? And I'm going to get super like big picture right now, but I think in the industry as a whole, we have an issue typically of everyone that's been marketed to has been marketed this magic pill, you know, 10 days to abs, like all of these very, you know, <laughs> you're like 20, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're 60 pounds overweight, but 10, take yeah. this in 10 days, you're good. Yeah. No. Clickbaity stuffs to where the majority of your clients has already like had a bad experience being marketed something. So I think it's really learning how to speak to them properly um, and basically, you know, how to get them in the door and engage them in a way that they're already trusting you before they enter the yeah, gym. Mm -hmm. Totally. Well, we're going to talk about like your role in the franchising yeah. world and your franchise expertise and all that. Um, we'll get to that here in a second. But now you've kind of, you know, talked about how you got to, you know, mm -hmm. your start, if you will, and really uh, honed your skills. Let's talk about like maybe the following work experience, because mm -hmm. I know you were basically, you know, kind of leading or running a gym in this area, yeah. you know, before we connected with Fitbody. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk about that experience. And then also, um, you know, you also do some coaching and consulting. So if you can kind of tie in mm -hmm. um, your experience, you know, running, you know, local yeah. gym and then also too, like what type of services that did you um, execute there and also for your, you know, private clients. Yeah. So right after the internship, um, I had give, they had given me like a part-time position. I was still in college at the time and was still doing on the side, loving that. And then as I was about to exit and graduate college, um, they had a sister gym that was kind of connected through like the actual facility. Okay. Um, they operated a separate program, but they were basically like one big family essentially and that gym at the time was losing their like I guess your facility coordinator manager kind of position um, she was leaving to do something else and they they knew that I was good at kind of being organized and on top of my you know stuff in terms of marketing so they're like yeah. hey do you need extra work like we can totally onboard you here as like well dual. 
also yeah. doing both. So kind of helping them over marketing here and then doing more management on this side. And obviously um, allowing with support and social media and, you know, little things on the side. And I was like, mm, true, to get to stay in the gym environment, like totally down for that. I'm about to graduate and I still haven't really figured out my path. I have an idea of where I'm going, but not solid. So why not? So go over there and I realize, and this is something that um, kind of comes in as like a plus for franchisees that they don't have to worry about this, but I came in and there was no organization in the business and I give props to the whole team there at the time, but there was like one Excel sheet that they worked off of. There was no really processes or anything like that. And this is a fairly successful gym. They had already had tons of clients and I'm like, how are we managing all of this stuff? <laughs> you know, there's a, so much opportunity for growth here if we could just get all this management, whether it's financial, whether it's just systematic in terms of client management. Sure. If we can tailor all this stuff together, we could like explode, you yeah, know? Yeah. It's just these small backend stuff that's kind of holding up, you know, the growth. So that was kind of my step into more of that management process building, you know, role. And then from there, I had kind of taken over management of, you know, checking in clients, helping with sales consultations, um, helping with tra trainer management and a whole bunch of other gamut of things. Obviously, my main job function ended up being more of the marketing because that's where my skill set is. Sure. Uh, but again, for the long majority, I was kind of like leading more of the business end of that business. Okay. Um, so then within, I believe I started there probably the beginning of 2016. Um, and then by the middle of 2017, we had doubled income, which is where that comes from. And then wow. we had opened up our second facility. And that was in two cities or two or three cities over. But that was kind of like my big aha moment. And like, I can do this. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. Totally. I, we can build a process. And obviously we had a really great team. And but yeah. But that, when you, when you say like that, how we can do it, was it yeah. more on the systems management side or marketing side or both? It was both. Cause okay. I think really at that time and both the gyms that I was um, helping at this time really had no marketing at all. They weren't they weren't, they were posting on social media again, like kind of what I'm supposed to post on social media, but like no direction really. Um, and I remember at the time that they had done a few like Instagram boosted posts, so you know how on Instagram you post and then you throw like yep. 10 bucks at it. Whatever so it is, yeah. yeah, and very much that kind of mindset too, where they wanted to increase their marketing, increase their leads, we're scared of that initial investment into ad spend, so we were kind of like taking it slow. Um, but at the time, was uh, the owner of the facility was actually just has just started coaching with Bedros, and that's how I was originally um, introduced to him. Oh, so it. that was kind of that whole intermingling, and then through that and just a lot of other testing, kind of found the way in the flow and was able to expand. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of Bedros, our CEO and founder of Fitbody Bootcamp, mm -hmm. and you talked about you know the value of a franchise system, you yeah. know, having systems and processes, <laughs> yeah. uh -huh. which is always huge. So we'll get to that in a second. And also, this is a great venue. Most of our audience are you know people that are looking and interested, mm -hmm. you know, opening their own gyms. But we do have some you know followers that are within the brand as well. So this is a great opportunity for you know us to introduce you because you really do the in-house traffic buying at yeah. our you know headquarters here in uh, in Chino Hills. Mm -hmm. um, so it'll be a great opportunity for them to get to know you and also learn from you as well. But mm -hmm. before we get to that, kind of going back into the role in terms of how you you know created explosive growth, doubled income, yeah. um, also opened a new location. So let's get into the the, the nuts and bolts of marketing mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. some of the strategies that deployed. There's a lot of things to talk about. They have a lot of knowledge from paid, unpaid, mm -hmm. um, traffic, social, you know, Google, uh, AdWords, Pinterest was just something. So there's a lot here. <laughs> yeah. I really want to kind of open it up and really kind of give us insight, like what's working in the market, what worked then? Yeah. Um, what did you do? What type of things did you execute? And maybe you know, walk us through present day what's working as well. Yeah. So I think definitely the luxury of even 
five years ago now or four years ago, um, Facebook was like a whole nother beast at the time. Like it was a lot less expensive to get the same eyes on things. So things are a little bit different now. And, but in the same token, um, ad spend is really powerful, especially in a local environment. If you have a decent amount of ad spend and you're only within, you know, a couple miles radius. Could you define a decent amount? Um, I would say anywhere in like thousand dollars five hundred to a thousand dollars for just a local for monthly a monthly yeah, yeah just that constant mm-hmm. and then the reason i bring this out yeah. here is because you know speaking you said that like the owner didn't really was scared in, in terms yeah. of going paid i feel like i was the same mm-hmm. way when i first started so that's just kind of a con- constant yes. thing so mm-hmm. i think there's value showcasing you know a general recommendation what the average gym owner should be investing from paid every month and you would say that would probably be a good yeah benchmark. i definitely think that's i always say like that's probably a good place to start if you're finding success with that obviously Double keep it yeah. going um but i think it's a good way to build that confidence like even if you're not running the ads for you to have the confidence and willingness to spend because i know from the beginning stages especially if you're kind of at the beginning you know movement of your your business it's a lot to kind of like throw that out there and just be like hopefully this works (laughs) and you just have no idea right it's like throwing into (laughs) ethers oh yeah totally and especially if whether you're trying to like learn how to do it your yourself or you're investing in like a consultant or someone else to run your marketing for you it's still like a good chunk of money that you're like okay let's cross our fingers that this (laughs) works (laughs) Lauren, you know what you're doing, right? Yeah, I'm like, okay, yeah. So I get, I totally get that. And I think um, that's the biggest hurdle sometimes working from like a consultant position is, you know, like you got to trust the process. Same thing. That's always what I say in terms of fitness and marketing. They're both the same thing. Like you can't do one workout and expect to like lose 20 pounds and be buff. Like it doesn't work like that. And marketing is the same exact way. You can't just show up one day and expect like 20 million leads to walk in the door without doing the work. So, But one thing you mentioned that I think is so important important actually. Mm-hmm. And I, I just kind of had a ha moment right now is you got to trust the process, mm-hmm. but meaning you actually have to create a process. Yes. You have to create the strategy behind it, mm-hmm. which is something within, I would say your zone of genius, yeah. right? Creating that strategy mm-hmm. because it is, I would say reckless. If you have no idea, no vision, no strategy, and you just start throwing money out there, mm-hmm. it's a different story. If you have a strategy, you th- make an investment, maybe it doesn't work, but then you can calibrate because it's part of an overall strategy. So yeah. maybe can you talk to that point as well in yeah. terms of the tr- tr- strategic play, if I can <laughs> yeah. say that. So I think, first of all, it's starting with what is your goal? Like, are you trying to, you know, really grow this program, whether it's a challenge or something like we want a ton of leads for this challenge? Are you looking for one-on-one personal training clients? Like, what is the goal here? Because I think a lot of times, whether it's a business owner, things kind of come in with this, like, I need to make more money. I need more people in the door. But like, what specifically are we focused on right now? Like, let's focus on the one goal. Um, For the majority, it's new leads. So people coming in the door for sales consultation or something like that. Um, And from there, like, what can we offer that person or what can we showcase to that person to allow them to trust in us that we're the right place for them to come? Because I think a lot of the times, again, if, if whether it's a super saturated market or not, like they've been marketed a million gyms, a million programs, like what makes us the right program for them? And start from there. So we know we want a lead to come in through the door and have that moment where they can we can actually physically engage with them. Um, but what do we have to do on the front end from a marketing perspective mm-hmm. to really get them in the door? Is that, yeah, is it a free offer of some sort? Is it a program that's, you know, over a six-week span of time, like a six-week challenge that it's going to offer them like full plan, nutrition, everything like that. Like what is the initial offer to that client? What value are we adding to them in order for them to give us their little ounce of trust to walk in that front door and have that conversation with either an owner, lead coach, things like that. I think, uh, and again, I'm having a lot of hot moments just sitting with you. And this <laughs> yeah. is why I probably, I always swing by your desk on a daily basis to pick your marketing brain. Um, 
but uh, that's actually mm -hmm. the first time I think I've ever heard a marketer talk about, hey, we actually have to instill some trust in that person. Mm -hmm. Where, you know, typically speaking, I, I hear like, you know, lead bait or, you know, lead, yeah. what, what's the offer, right? Mm -hmm. um, but really what you're trying to do is, yeah, you need to present an offer, but you actually need to present trust in the process. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a huge thing, especially in our industry, because we're not selling a one-off product. Like we're selling a relationship, if you think about a long-term relationship, relationship, if you think about it. And we're, we're selling to this client that they're going to come in and we're going to completely change their life, which sounds insane. Crazy yeah. on the front end. Crazy. No, 100%. Yeah. But then yeah. it actually happens it, in the back 100%. end. 100%. Awesome. But again, it requires that client's trust for them to, you know, go through that process with you. So I think if from the front end of the marketing, if there's initially no trust, if someone sees an ad or a promotion and they're just like, okay, no, like that's not real. Yeah. They're going to immediately have that resistance and not come in the front door. So I think uh, having the ability to talk to that person like a real person, yeah. um, address their pain points and, you know, speak to them in the sense that they're a real human being. Like they've been through real things. They're struggling with real issues with their health and their weight and be able to engage them and say like, look, I understand where you're at, but let's get you. I have the expertise in the background to get you from point A to point E. Like, let's do this. Yeah. Like that's, you know, really what it comes down to. But drilling in that a little bit even further, mm -hmm. kind of like with a practical example, yeah. you know, you, you kind of illustrated like, you know, something that's just so unbelievable that's going to yeah. break trust. Mm -hmm. Can you give us an example of, you know, an offer or a piece of marketing communication that actually would instill and foster trust? Yeah. So I think anything that kind of shows your background, not necessarily as like a fit, a, not, a, not, I want to say fitness expert, because we are fitness experts in the sense that like all of our coaches and trainers we work with have like, you know, the certifications, the backgrounds necessary. But I think it's almost like the people aspect that sometimes get lo gets lost in fitness marketing. Like how many times have we seen someone like properly do a squat mm -hmm. and Mrs. Jones for this example for in particular, like as much as she needs to know how to do a perfect squat, that's not how she feels trusted into, you know, your services right. most of the time. It's, she wants to sell real examples from clients that is just like her testimonials, real before and afters, not ones that are drastically out of her scope of, you know, understanding. Right. And then just the ability to feel like the person, the owner, the head coach is someone that she feels comfortable with enough to go deep, have that emotional conversation and say, I want to change my life. Like, can you help me do it? Um, but I think it's that most of that social proof, which is something that I'm super huge on, whether it's a, a verbal or a written testimonial. Um, and then a lot of those before and afters that are just like her or just like him, depending on the client. Yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's continue to drill down this because marketing is so, so mm -hmm. valuable. And I'm just geeking out myself because <laughs> I feel like just everyone has their certain weaknesses at mm -hmm. factory installed, zone of genius is factory installed. And I would say, um, well, I still have a long way to go. Leadership is relatively factory installed for me, but marketing isn't. So, mm -hmm. um, and I've, I would say like, again, my, when I mentioned earlier, I don't think for the average gym owner, it, it really is. Yeah. So what other things, the strategies, whether it's paid, social, um, you know, unpaid, organic, whatever the case may be, can you give us some, some more like, you know, granular practical strategies yeah. that either worked for you as you were kind of growing that mm -hmm. gym or maybe still work today in your you know consulting role. Yeah. So I think especially from someone coming from a non-marketing background, I always tell them like, don't overcomplicate it for yourself. Cause I understand like there's a million social media aspects, like ad spend, I could throw my money at this. I could do this. Like what is actually going to give me good return on my investment, whether yeah. that's my time or my money. Um, and I think it's just going down to the level of 
especially from head coaches, owners, things like that, like you're sitting down with your clients every single day. You're having those conversations. You hear on a day-to-day basis, like what their pain points are. Take that conversation. And it doesn't have to be, you don't have to personally like air out people's, you know, information, but take that conversation and take it to your online platforms and have that discussion. You can share stories, whether the client's comfortable sharing themselves, or if you want to share a story like, hey, you know, family, um, today I had this amazing conversation with ex-client mm-hmm. about their journey and kind of detailing specifically their pain points, if, whether it's specific or not specific to a client. Is this like in a written form, an interview, yeah. like via video, photo, like what's... What? I think for me, and I think especially in the, the framework that we're in right now and how social media is kind of growing and evolving, anything that's like live or like in person as much as possible. I always say if you're comfortable doing video, um, go for it. Live video. Yes. Yeah. Live video or even like you can do a short edited, like take a story, Instagram story, like a quick, you know, snapshot sort of thing. Um, That's totally fine. But anything that's more engaging. To interject it. Sorry about from the live aspect. Mm -hmm. Is it because it's the, the, the social media algorithms are pushing that and that's why you think it's valuable live or because it's more organic and authentic and going back to the trust element, the Mm -hmm. client feels like, oh, wow. This is a real person. Um, I trust this, you know. So what would it be from your perspective why live is more valuable? So I think it's both. I think algorithmically, and if you think about the data and like how platforms push content. Instagram is a perfect example. They want you to stay on their platform. They want you to use their services and their ways of creating content. So mm-hmm. if you create content within their platform or create content that's perfect for their platform, yeah. they're going to push it out more likely. So okay. from that perspective, live's great. The other perspective is coming from the client and the more of the engagement um, aspect of it is that they don't want to feel like it's pre-programmed. The scripts and the things like that makes it feel unauthentic right. and kind of, you know, you you figured this all out before. before. And is this real? Is this really your emotion? Or is this just something that you've, you know, spent time writing this perfect script? Like manufactured. Exactly. Yeah. So I think from both perspectives, it works to your benefit because you're, show, you're sharing like a real, you know, live in the moment thing where it's kind of, it's really hard to fake that. You know, mm-hmm. you, you need real talent to fake this real authentic moment. Um, but also from the perspective of, Platforms love when you create content that's specific to them. So totally. Mm-hmm. But that said, and, and specifically used to Instagram, yeah. and this is again a kind of lead in the witness there, something I learned from you, which I learned quite mm-hmm. a bit. Um, you mentioned Pinterest because it's more search. Yes. That actually platform um, actually pushes you out. Uh, to other platforms versus like a Facebook or Instagram wants to keep you contained. Correct. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So Pinterest is very much like, I like to say it's kind of like the Google of images and blogs. So it's kind of... It's the Google of images and blogs. Yeah. (laughs) Mind blown. And the crazy thing is too, is when you Google search things, a lot of the pictures and images that you see are linked through Pinterest. So they're actually Pinterest related content that's showing up on a Google search. Um, But yeah, Pinterest is kind of a platform that I think is undervalued a lot of the times. Not. I mean, people know about it and they use it, but they don't necessarily look at it totally from a marketing perspective a lot of times. Um, but I know blog writers and a lot of other people more in the blogging industry use it a lot because it drives traffic to websites like crazy. They're the opposite of what, like you mentioned, Facebook and Instagram. They actually, you know, want you to gain all this knowledge and interests and, you know, go off of these random websites and learn things, get value from all these extra blogs and sites. Um, so they're not too afraid of sending people elsewhere mm-hmm. versus Facebook and Instagram, the moment that you add a link or stuff, they're kind of like, but we want you to stay here. Stay here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Pinterest is really nice because it's um, one of the things that I, through the process of learning the platform more, had really kind of figured out is that people don't go to Pinterest to like 
randomly just end up there. Like Facebook, you'll log in your Facebook, see what your friends and family are doing, you're kind of just scrolling, and then you're served an ad, and you're like, oh, this is kind of interesting because it's something I like, but like, I'm not here for this. You know, right, I'm right. here to see what my friends are doing. Uh, Pinterest, right. on the other hand, you're going there specifically to look up recipes, to look up inspiration, to look up, you know, whether it's clothing or things like that fitness, um, ways to make your life better, essentially. So you're actively searching, which tells a marketer that there's interest there. Mm -hmm. So, And that's the two kind of variation between, mm -hmm. um, I guess, interruption-based yes. advertising, mm -hmm. which Facebook, Instagram, et cetera, Correct. versus search-based, which mm -hmm. is Pinterest and then now Google, where I guess Pinterest is the Google for images. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah. That's what awesome. I like to call it because I think it's the best way for people it's, to understand the platform. Yeah. Totally. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So kind of, again, I want to drill even more because mm -hmm. marketing is so valuable in our big, you know, our audience, you know, they're starving for, okay, what are some strategies mm -hmm. that's going to help move the needle? Mm -hmm. So I still want to get to your franchising expert, FitBody, and all the awesome things you're doing with Pinterest and running our challenges, you know, internationally. But um you know, going back in terms of the, t the, the, the some tactics, say you were to, you know, bring on a new, you know, uh, consultant or a, your consultant, right? Mm -hmm. So a new coaching client, right? New gym owner, literally like brand new, mm -hmm. like they need a lot of help. Yeah. Like what would your, you know, 30, 60, 90 day plan be? Like what would be a, from a priority perspective? Mm -hmm. That way it can give our audience a little direction. Like, okay, I'm overwhelmed, but if I was going to work with Lauren or a marketing, a marketing agency, yeah. what are the things I should focus on as priority? Mm -hmm. Immediately it's number one, you got to figure out who your avatar is, who your ideal client is, who you're speaking to, and who you like to service. Because I know there's a lot of people that are like, I like to service these people, but they're not really like my ideal, like picture-perfect client. So really figuring out who that person is, male, female, what they do in their daily life, like really get down to the nitty-gritty of like the details of their life, how they live their life, where they're at, and the stages of their life. Mm -hmm. um, because that's going to give you a whole insight into what platforms you should use, where you should spend your time, what kind of content you should create. Because if you think about it, even the way you know, friends and family use their creative contents or use Facebook, use Instagram might vary between the way you use it right. or someone like other business owners might use it. And I think that's the hardest part is we always get stuck in the way well, I consume and I look at content this way. So like, should I create the same content that I'm looking at? And it's not that But way as at a all. marketer, it's not about you. Yes. It's about your dream client, right? <laughs> yeah. so. And I think the number one, I've worked with gyms and I've worked with just like personal trainers as well. And the number one thing that a lot of the times they get stuck in showcasing, which is great, they're experts at what they do, but it's super technical fitness related content, which is amazing. And it, sh it does show their expertise, but a Mrs. Jones or someone that's trying to just lose weight and like live a healthy life, like they don't connect to that. Yeah. They're just like, that's cool that it's super scientific and it's really cool that you're showing your expertise, but like I can't relate to that at all. That doesn't speak to me. That doesn't interest me. Right. I just need to lose weight so I can like go out with my friends and look nice and feel confident and not feel sluggish all the time. So I think it's remembering, always remembering and going back to who your ideal client is and what she or he is thinking, what she or he does in their daily life and what their pain points are. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that would be priority. Yes. But then kind of continue. Mm -hmm. can, you, can you take yeah. a little bit so, uh, some other things to look out mm -hmm. for that you would, when you're kind of intaking a client, what to look for and what where to point them? Yeah, yeah. So I think um, next thing, once you've kind of figured out your ideal client, you're seeing them on a regular basis. You're talking to them in the gym. You're seeing what their pain points are. So I think from a marketing perspective, it's figuring out what the best way for them to achieve their goals are, which well, that's what we do in the gym environment, but using that to kind of like build your marketing off of. So for example, we know we, know we run here at FitBody a six-week challenge and we know that it works it's you know crazy it, it has everything needed in order for mrs jones to you know succeed and achieve her goals now how do we translate that to people that are unfamiliar with us or unfamiliar with you know being able to do that in a six-week period because for some people that sounds like 
how do I, how can I do this, you know? So I think it's being able to translate that through social proof, through just showing the dynamics of what's included. Because a lot of the times we forget that they just need very basic knowledge. Like yeah. I think we were like, we'll have this fancy nutrition plan and, and our workouts are this, this, and this. And a lot of the times they're just like, I just need you to tell me what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's very simple education. I think marketing sometimes will get lost in the like high level, like value, value, value in the sense that it's, too over the head. Okay. Um, and I think it's just, let's, let's get down to the basics and really drill it hard and also just remember to c continue showcasing the stories. I think a lot of the people forget that especially fitness is more of like an emotional journey sometimes than it, it is. is a physical one. It is, yeah. So it's really showcasing like how we got from point A to point B and that you can do the same thing. So yeah. a lot, a lot of social proof, a lot of review-based stuff and a lot of just showing up in front of people in that way. Again, showing more of an honest interaction rather than just like this idealized <laughs> idea. Yeah, that authentic kind mm -hmm. of trust building connection. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's some good strategies. Now mm -hmm. kind of looking ahead yes. and I feel like, you know, you're uh, certainly a social media expert. You have knowledge of the platforms, mm -hmm. um, kind of a loaded question. And at the end of the day, no one really knows, right? Um, no one has a crystal ball, but from what you see, you know, where's the industry going? Where's social media going? Like fast forward, maybe 12 months from now, tw uh, 24 months from now, like, what do you think the landscape looks like? Yeah. So I think, um, everyone always asks the question, like, what's the next platform? Right. I know that's a huge one. And right. I think that no one actually truly knows, but I think, it's the idea of like looking where the landscape is going. So obviously over the last year, TikTok exploded. Yeah. It was a huge thing. And I don't even necessarily look at TikTok as the platform itself, but what type of content is it? Okay, well, it's 15 to one minute, really fun, entertaining videos, really fast yep. onto the next thing. Um, but enough that's engaging for you to be entertained or provide some sort of value in a short period of time. Well, then we saw Instagram pull over that model and do that with the reels. Um, so I think it's it's less of chasing the platform and more if, in chasing the type types of content that are engaging. So we understand that like this fast form video really works right now. So, so not being so focused on the platform, but the type of content yeah. that's being produced. Mm -hmm. So then I guess I, I kind of interjected, you were gonna kind of connect the dots, yeah. but how do you connect that then where we're going? Yeah, so I think it's more following the trend trends of that. So we understand that like fast form content, even if I go YouTube route, you'll see a lot of YouTube content creators that do longer form videos do like jump cuts. If you've ever heard of what a jump cut is, no. it's like, it'll be a wide shot and then it'll zoom in on their face and then it'll be this. And it's like during the video yeah. or okay. Yeah, yeah. So basically what, and this goes back to the psychology component, the brain doesn't have time to like get bored. You're constantly right. like one, two, three, you know? Right. So from an entertainment perspective, if you can provide engaging, quick, short content, um, whether it's on Instagram, Facebook, things like that, that constantly is engaging your clients. Yep. Um, I think that is currently moving forward. That's what is going to be the best bet. Um, audio, we heard Clubhouse is kind of like a newer platform. Um, but again, it's not necessarily following what's big at the time. It's following what's engaging, what type of content is engaging, and also where your client spends most of their time. Mrs. Jones, for example, she may or may not be on TikTok. Um, I actually know a good handful of them that are starting to move their way to TikTok, which is interesting. I was going to ask you, yeah. like, specifically, and again, you know, from it's very specific platform, yeah. which is kind of a dangerous question because they come and go to yeah. your point. Mm -hmm. What's the what's the platform that's going to be the next big, big thing? What's, what's the one who what's, is most, most popular? And we don't yeah. really know until it mm -hmm. happens, right? Mm -hmm. um, but from a t TikTok perspective, since it's really had so much growth, like, yeah. where do you do you see that being incorporated in the fitness industry? Because I see what you mean, but I also it doesn't fully fit. So yeah. Enlighten me. Yeah. So I think, again, from the perspective, you need to understand who your client is and what she's or he is engaging in. So, for example, TikTok 
started as more of a teen-based platform, but now it's expanding and there's so much right. there's so much more um, entertainment, but also education that's being provided to people of all different demographics. I know like there's an entire community on TikTok that just talks about the stock market. And there's an entire community on TikTok. There's a marketing community that's full of just marketing business or small business owners that talk about marketing. So there's a whole gamut of different little like brackets of communities that live there. So if you can kind of tap into where Mrs. Jones or where your client specifically is interested in, like maybe she's interested in recipes and cooking for her family because that's, you know, what Mrs. Jones is doing. If you can tap into that market and start talking to her about nutrition and how she can, you know, better benefit her own health and her own family's health, maybe that's kind of your leeway into helping her in terms of her fitness and her health. But I think it's always... Talking specifically to your client, if what on whatever platform you end up on, because I think we get lost in like what's trendy or like you know this is gonna go viral, but like if it's going viral for like teenagers and you're getting popular, but like doesn't serve you because mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not getting clients that yeah, are actually yeah. coming in the door. And I think that's in the broader spectrum. Like don't get lost in the virality of things, and especially from a local gym aspect. I've talked to a lot of people that are like, I just want a ton of followers, and I'm like, but if they're not clients for your business if they're not walking through the door mm-hmm. it's not helping your business grow yeah. it's just like kind of pumping your own ego <laughs> which yeah. is great to a certain extent but kind it's not of. benefiting your business at yeah, all yeah. so i think it's really remembering who your client is and how and like what entertainment she's kind of looking for in terms of content so in that mention i want to take this in another angle because yeah. we talked about you know just um some maybe common mistakes if you will so from a mm-hmm. mindset perspective like you know Yes, if you had a client coming in or an owner that you're going to, you know, consult them on, like, these are the, you know, specific marketing strategies that you attacks to say you're execute. Mm-hmm. But let's forget about that for a second. Where would you, what sort of mindset coaching would you basically provide a new owner that is just, you know, literally just started and is overwhelmed? Um, like, how would you coach them that way? Yeah. So, again, that's kind of a ba- like a pretty common theme. You see a lot of owners come in. They're like, I'm trying to coach trainers. I'm trying to get clients in the door and, you know, sell memberships. I'm trying to make sure the plumbing works in my facility. Yeah. Like, there's so many things. So, like, I can't. I don't have time to, like, figure out the social media thing, let alone, like, create all this content. Like, what do I do? And I think it's just, I mean, as consistently as you can create pieces of content that you would enjoy, but also your client would enjoy, um, and just share what's going on at your facility. Like, you have stories that are happening in front of you every single day. Um, and that's kind of the luxury of fitness, too, is you're constant, if you're engaged constantly, maybe it's not virtually, yeah. but you're engaged with clients constantly, so you're hearing stories, you're seeing things happen, like, real time yeah um so just documenting that document that journey mm-hmm. gary v or no you yeah. probably always document <laughs> exactly. right you want to figure yeah. out content just document what's going on exactly yeah and i think that's the biggest thing is i've you know i've worked with certain coaches or owners that literally will just hop on their stories and just talk about like we had this amazing i know this client came in today and just shared with me this amazing story x y and z happened and i just want to share it with you guys because i feel like there's so many of you out there that can relate to her story or can yeah. relate to that thing and kind of build from there but the ability to you know, engage with your outside audience as if they were your community your already. Community. Mm-hmm. And that's important. And granted, like this, our primary pl- platform, this podcast on mm-hmm. YouTube. Um, but really, at the end of the day, yes, it's manufactured and, you know, we're prepared and all mm-hmm. that. But at the end of the day, Lauren, like we have conversations like this yeah. all the time. I'm always asking you because you're very, very sharp in that particular, in this particular skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is actually just more of a doc, kind of in a weird way, documenting like the questions I typically ask you on a weekly week or monthly yeah. basis, isn't mm-hmm. it? So kind of using that analogy of basically documenting them what you do at the gym to basically mm-hmm 
mm-hmm. create the content. Yeah, because again, like showcasing what you're doing is kind of again another building trust aspect. Like they see what you're doing, they see how you run your classes, they see how you engage and how you appreciate your clients. And I think that's a big thing is people come in because they want to change their lives and they feel like they don't want to be you know part of the hurt. They want to be you know helped and serviced in a way that's going to help provide them the success that they're looking for. Yeah. So if they feel like you're taking care of all of your clients and you're showcasing them um, in a way that's like hey, I provided the service, they were successful, and I love this client because she's amazing and she's done this you know, huge life journey, in a sense, through their, her fitness um, success. That showcases to someone on the exterior, like, wow, the, these people really care, care about the people that are in their facility. And I think that's, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what we come down to. That's what we're here for in this industry is to help change people's lives and Amen. help them live better and healthier lives. So if you're showing you know, someone through social media that like, our community here is just killing it. They're, you know, they're finding success in their weight loss, but also like their lives are changed. They're happier. They're spending more time with their family. They're out active, like hiking, um, showcasing the changes that, you know, the other client on the other end of the screen is like, I want that, you know, I want to change that about myself. Like this is the place I need to go to do that because clearly everyone in that facility is doing that for themselves. So yeah, Mm -hmm. awesome. All right, so I want to kind of transition now to more of your franchising expertise and the six-week challenges that you run. We kind of talked about mm-hmm. and you know providing a little intro and insight to what you do for Fit Body. Before you do, kind of like segue to kind of take a put a little bow on what we talked about mm-hmm. um, from your experience, kind of looking thirty thousand foot view. And maybe you've kind of articulated some of this, but what would you say, you know, from the owners that you've worked with that are the most successful? Like one of the one or two most common kind of uh, characteristics they have in common, mm-hmm. and then maybe for for you know the owners that have struggled that you've worked with, what are the one or two common ca- mm-hmm. characteristics that you should probably look out for? And I think they'll be really valuable for our audience back at home to yeah. know what to dive into and also what you know traps to avoid. Yeah, so I think, um, and it really, it's so crazy because it does align with a fitness journey so well. And it's the consistency, the, the wanting to learn more, um, constantly just being able to evolve and try out new things. And I think that's with every you know owner or trainer that I've worked with or any business that I've worked with, it's a lot of that is the willingness to um, be consistent in their journey, knowing that like not every single social media post they do or every single content that they create or program that they market is going to be amazing, but it's constantly just putting in the work, finding what works and finding that rhythm and flow. On the opposite side, the same thing. If you're putting out one program or one piece of content and it doesn't do great, they just give up, you know, that that's one of those, you know, same from the fitness perspective. You don't show up to one workout and expect to, <laughs> you're going to gonna fit, lose all right? the weight. Yeah. So I think it's just the consistency. It's the willingness to learn and not give up uh, that I see the most success with. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right, Miss Lauren. So kind of transitioning now, we just want to kind of give uh, some of our owners or audience, but also to audience that, you know, are interested in open you know, gyms, like some insight, like on, you know, being a uh, vital person of our marketing team and traffic mm-hmm. buying team here at FitBody. So can you talk a little bit about your experience and kind of what your day-to-day looks like, what sort of tasks you execute, talk about the challenge being a major kind of focus. So yeah. kind of give us some some insight in terms of what, you, what your day-to-day looks like. Yeah, so when I came on board with the team here at HQ, it was kind of like a perfect fit just because of my background. Um, but I got to take kind of like a broader view at like more of the brand and being able to reach so many more people. I'm used to just, again, that small radius of a local gym. Um, so it was 
being able to take that kind of mindset and that idea and bring it more to like, now we're going to service the entire system of our franchisees and help them as a whole kind of increase their, their traction and their visibility. Um, so what I do here at HQ is int- specifically we run a six-week challenge. Yep. Um, and what I do is I manage and buy traffic for that program specifically. So that's on Facebook, that's on Instagram, and now Pinterest is one of the newer platforms that we are so using. So those are the three platforms yes. that you personally are buying traffic from. Correct, yes. So um, And basically during this sales period of time, um, we'll go to these different platform and use different um, strategies in order to you know find new clients, engage them, and then get them to get onboarded at their local Fit Body Bootcamp. So it's interesting. This question's, um, you know, our audience is looking to potentially own, own, own gyms, right, and, and launch their, you know, fitness endeavors. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly marketing is a fundamental play. Like, what would make a good marketer if someone was to hire? And I'm thinking, like, our, you know, Fitbody community in general has hired you indirectly, right, yeah. to, like, run their ads. So what's your zone of genius? What makes you a good marketer? And that's really important for our future, you know, our audience. So that way, if they are going to, you know, team up with a marketing company, firm, consultant, they know kind of what I should look for and what things to avoid. So what would yeah. you say your, your zone of genius is and how have you been successful with the mm-hmm. endeavor? I mean, I think for me specifically, having the background knowledge of the industry for so many years has been like a huge key because fitness is an industry that works a little bit different in terms of marketing than any others. I kind of mentioned you have that initial resistance because everyone's been sold that magic pill. Yeah. So having making sure that whoever you hire on or whatever team member that you choose to develop in this area has an understanding that... Um, how to properly communicate via marketing platforms to your clients. So you don't, you're not selling anything crazy. You're not selling unrealistic expectations. Um, you're really showing, showcasing real change and your exact environment and how you're providing success for your clients. So it's not, as someone that's cued in and understands that there's more of an emotional relationship here other than just like, buy my ebook buy my sort stuff. of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think also coming from the perspective of lead generation um it's typically from programs that that we have at the gym they're not like you know one-offs it's typically you're trying to get a client in the gym so you can have a conversation with them to have them join your program try out your um try your program essentially and then have them commit to doing something long term -term. yeah because we all know that fitness is not an overnight thing it's not something that you buy and you do in a week and you're (laughs) you're on the other end of that like this is a long-term lifestyle change and for them to trust in you to be able to do that like you want to be able to initially build that trust so they walk in the door so you can have that one-on-one conversation and again being the conversations that are starting the relationships and we're in the relationship business yes. right mm-hmm. awesome all right so kind of packaging up thirty thousand foot view then what would you say and, and we've talked a lot about some tips and strategies that you've implemented but you know what would be an, a really really big knowledge bomb tip strat tactic strategy that the audience that you know are potential gym owners that probably should know if they're going to be opening a gym from marketing perspective but maybe they don't mm-hmm. uh, can you you know kind of finish this portion of of our conversation with like, you know, yeah. some, some insight there. Yeah. So all we've talked about a little bit about Facebook, Instagram, all the different platforms there are paid media even. Um, but I think one of the things that we forget about that's an existing resource. And I know we've had a couple conversations about this is your Google listing. Um, so what a Google listing is, it's essentially when you type, when you're searching for, whether it's a restaurant or something in your local community, it'll show you this little thing on the sidebar that says, maybe there's a few pictures. It'll give you all the information you need to know about how to get there. So whether it's the direction, it's the website, but it's basically Google's version of like 
creating kind of like like yellow pages almost. Yeah, yeah. So what you can do with that is not only does it provide all the information for people that are looking for a service like yours. But before you go yeah. into that, do you have to register for like for Google? You What's just, the action step? Yeah. So you would just actually sign up. It's called Google My Business. Um, oh. Just through any email that you have, you basically say you have to do a verification process. Yeah. So you put in your business, all your information, and they send you typically it's like, or they give you a call just to verify that you're an actual business and it's someone that they want Legit. to put on their list. Yeah, yes. Yeah. But other than that, it's free. Don't have to pay for anything. There's no other costs. Um, but it's something that you can do to show up on Google properly. It's okay. basically a Google pushed platform. So you know that it's verified through Google. Okay. Um, but the other nice thing about it is that you can add reviews there. Um, you can add current photos of your facility. Uh, you can create posts on there, which is something that I'm finding out a lot of people were completely unaware of is you can actually create posts that have call to actions and buttons on them, just like you would see on a Your Facebook. landing page, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, um, and what that does is tells Google, number one, that you're active. You're, you know, actively trying to build your business, trying yep. to get more clients. Um, but it also tells the clientele that you're active, you're seeing reviews, they're able to immediately know that this is the business that's recommended in their area because mm -hmm. they see a lot of reviews, they see you're pretty active on it, they're knowing, okay, this is this is some legit stuff here. So yeah. I think that's one of the undervalued thing and not so much looked at. Um, parts of like a local marketing strategy. And does that tie in as well? Because I know for the Google, you have to have all your like addresses, you know, in order, et cetera. Otherwise, yeah. like from a Google pull, it won't pull up uh, correctly information. Yes. Is it kind of tied together within the Google listing? Yes, correct. Okay. So that you add all your address, you had your phone number, website, anything like that. Yeah. So Google knows like all of this stuff is associated to this business. Yeah. So if someone tries to um, look up directions to your facility, they will just click through that Google listing and go through. Um, the nice part from a business perspective, you get all those analytics. You can see what zip codes that these searchers are coming from. You can see how many times this month someone pulled up your address to find directions to your location. Um, you can see how many times someone clicked on your Google, Google listing to give you a phone call. Um, so it's really good gauge to kind of figure out like, Oh, people are finding us this way. People are, you know, searching for businesses like us and we're popping up because we have a lot of reviews. We have a lot of photos that are showcasing like our success. Um, so it's a really good gauge and it's kind of something to keep, you know, tabs on that I feel like a lot of people don't really look into. Yeah, that's huge. Mm -hmm. um, that's a big knowledge bomb yeah. that uh, <laughs> most uh, gym owners yeah. that I've had like, many experience don't mm -hmm. really attack that. Yeah. So. There you go, team. A lot of value there. <laughs> All right. So, Miss Lauren, I wish I had you forever, but we got to go back and run some ads and you know change some more lives oh, with yeah. our marketing. So, uh, we're going to kind of transition into the lightning round, if you will. Um, so, rapid fire questions, and that way we can give some uh, our audience some knowledge bonds before they uh, finish today. But first and foremost, um, what would you say, Lauren, that you are the most passionate about today, and why? So, because I have an athletic background, I've been in the gym a lot. I've always been kind of like that trainer mentality. A lot of people ask me, like, why aren't you a trainer? Why aren't you a coach? Um, and I think as much as I love that environment, I found that my passion and where I kind of fit my best in is you know, influencing and kind of guiding people to find those places. So to find their coach, to find their trainer, to find their facility um, and really change their life. So I'm passionate about getting people from A to B. <laughs> a to B. Awesome. Mm -hmm. All right. Next up, um, prior to all the success that you've had at a very young age, I'm super impressed. I want to acknowledge you for that. Um, before you've achieved that and kind of where you are today, HQ and all that, uh, what would you say the one thing that was a stumbling block, maybe something in your way that you had to overcome? Mm -hmm. uh, what was it and how'd you do it? Yeah, so I think overall it was just 
confidence and, you know, my abilities to be able to execute a lot of stuff. I think even coming from maybe it's an owner or a facility leader that doesn't necessarily have the confidence to execute on all this marketing. Um, I think it's just the reps and the sets we talk about in fitness. It's a lot of times that. So I think it, earlier in my journey, I ne- didn't necessarily have the confidence to like, let's test this out. It was a lot of like, okay, I want to test, but also like, you know, you hold back, yep. you don't always really show up fully. And I yep. think that was my biggest, and I, um, my biggest like learning block in a sense was just like show up, do the work, you know, fail sometimes. Some things are not going to work all the time and then just learn from that. Awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up, you are in the business of giving great marketing advice to, uh, you know, all of our franchisees and our team here at HQ. Um, what is the best advice that you've received and uh, why? Yeah, so I have two kind of quotes that I always go back to. Um, one of them is from Bedros, and he says this pretty often, and it's action alleviates anxiety. Um, I have well, The reason why I got into psychology in the first place was I have a history of having really bad anxiety. Um, I went to therapy for a long time, kind of navigated that whole space, and just learning through that um, and also just navigating business, a lot of the times we sit there and we worry and we think about all the bad things that are going to happen. <laughs> and on the opposite side of that, again, the moment you start moving, whether it's physically, whether it's mentally, whether it's working on your business, the moment things start to flow and you just figure things out. And again, that's confidence building. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it's just that just constant, just keep so moving. You'll figure it out. You'll keep going. You keep learning and growing. And um, so action alleviating anxiety is a huge one. And then my second one is from Gary Vee, which we kind of mentioned on. I love Gary Vee. I think he's, <laughs> it's, if you're getting into marketing or you just want some like good insight, he's definitely someone to like listen into, even if it's momentary. He's got a lot of good advice. Um, But I remember this one piece of content he created and someone that was a fan ran up to him and said, give me three words that I, you know, can live by. And he said, you're going to (laughs) die. And at first I was like, what is that? You know, because it sounds so kind of like weird. Um, But I think at the end of the day, it's that whole mindset that like, so what? You know, like, like we're go after what you're passionate about. Like do the thing that you thought you couldn't do because at the end of the day, like, why not? You know, <laughs> I used that myself when it was something we were talking offline. Uh-huh. But, you know, this is a relatively new podcast. First time for me doing this. We've probably had a, you know, a couple dozen interviews already. But uh, you know, certainly it's gotten better, and more relaxed. But even even still, the nerves are there. But especially the first like ten episodes, especially in person interview, I was thinking to myself, Oh my god, this is crazy right now. I'm like thinking <laughs> yeah. like I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna die. Who cares? Like, like just give you your best. Let's go. Yeah, you know? like just go for it. Let's like go. why not? Uh-huh. Awesome, huge value. Yeah. There. <laughs> um, all right. Next up, leaders are readers. Uh, you are our leader, uh, what would you say uh, is an awesome book recommendation for a fitness franchise nation and why? Yeah. So kind of going back, I actually, this is a book that I recently reread. Um, it's called Contagious and it's by Jonah Berger, who is a- Jonah? Jonah Berger. Um, he's a marketing professor, uh, but it definitely taps into exactly what we've been talking about this whole time, but it takes a psychology perspective on marketing. And it's basically a whole book about why ads don't work, <laughs> which is wild. Do you think marketing? What do you mean? Uh, but it goes into the whole idea that as humans were, you know, the way our minds work and the way that we engage with content, social proof, things like that, we look to others in our community for validation, but also for recommendation. Yep. So it goes a lot along the lines of that and talks to all these things. Um, there was one thing that I read in the book recently when I reread it, you know how you find things that you didn't oh. necessarily get. Oh, yeah. Engage it the first time. And they did a study where the reward centers of your brain that light up when you eat something sweet that you're craving or you get a bunch of money, that that same thing that happens in your brain actually happens to us when we share our own opinions. So something that 
he was saying in this book was basically to like find a marketing way that you can have someone share their own opinion about something because to them it's lighting up that reward center in their brain and i was like that is interesting find a marketing play and um, yeah. there's some gold here that i'm gonna yeah. kind of slow down here yeah find a marketing play that allows the who to share their opinion your clients so clients. yeah because they're Provide a platform where you're actually seeking the opinions of your clients. Mm -hmm. And then what you're saying is when they share those opinions, magic happens. Yep. Mm -hmm. So you, and I think you can think about this in even a social setting, like when someone asks your opinion and you're even today, like you're, you're you get to openly share, it's kind of like, yeah, oh, yeah, I did it. Let's you know? go. So yeah, just even that one word, I was like, wow, like that's super, but it makes sense. It makes total sense. So if you can find a platform in which you can actively allow your clients or allow your community to share in their brains, it's lighting up that reward center. There's so much value and gold here. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, sorry, audience, like if, if you aren't getting I am, so I'm loving life right now. Mm -hmm. um, awesome. And the book's Contagious? Contagious. Contagious, yeah. cool. All right, just a couple left, Lauren. Mm -hmm. um, habits are foundational. Uh, you know this from being in the fitness industry, mm -hmm. from coaching, consulting, business owners. So it could be a marketing habit, business habit. Um, what would you say one habit that you've acquired that has really led to the success you've achieved today? Yeah, so mine, and I, I know that you are a practicer of this as well, but it's waking up early and getting that workout done. Um, when I started working full-time for some of the gyms that I was working with and I started consulting, my work days were kind of all over the place. I was not finding time to take care of my health and my fitness, and that's something that's super important to me, and I was just finding it kind of being thrown to the wayside. Um, so something that I adjusted in my schedule that has done leaps and bounds is waking up super early morning, getting my workout done before the rest of my day starts, so I already feel accomplished, I feel great, I have energy, um, and then the rest of the day just tackling it from there. Amen. I can relate <laughs> to you on that. Uh, awesome. Um, all right. So you've provided so much value, but uh, want to pick your brain one more time. What would you say is a parting piece of really good wisdom that you want to impart on uh, our audience? Yeah. So I think coming from the perspective that it our audience is kind of, you know, either just starting off or looking to start off their journey as owners, uh, business owners, trainers, anything like that. It's really from marketing perspective, don't overcomplicate it. I see so many people like, I'm going to do YouTube and Instagram and all these platforms and create all this content. And oh yeah, I have to train 10 clients and 30 classes today, but like, I'm going to do it all. Don't overcomplicate it. Make it very simple. Make it find a flow that works for you. Use your testimonials, use your clients as social proof and just start, you know, busting things out from there. But the moment everyone tries to do all the things and overcomplicate it and get lost in the trends, things start to get a little bit wavy. So just make it very simple for yourself. Know your clientele, speak to them through the online platform and go from there. Lauren Nye, <laughs> this has been so awesome. I'm so grateful for you. Um, I've gotten better. I know our audience has as well. Uh, so I want to thank you for being on the show. I want to take a second to acknowledge you. I'm so impressed with you. Your energy is like contagious. I know it's been, you know, about a, I guess a handful of months, uh, mm -hmm. about a half a year since yeah. we've been working together, came in, came, coming at the tail end of 2020. Yeah. Um, but just the, the knowledge, the energy, your can-do attitude, um, I just love every second of it. I, it's been a pleasure and honor and privilege to work with you and uh, so grateful for the knowledge that you've imparted to our audience, to our owners, to myself. Uh, so thank you so much for being here. It's been an absolute pleasure. Awesome. Happy to be here and share. Thank you. Well, audience, thank you so much. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the show and please don't forget to please like and subscribe on YouTube and also please review, uh, leave us a review on iTunes. That would mean the world to us. Thanks and have an awesome day.